welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew, and today, unfortunately, I am solo. Uh, Robert did message me just a bit ago and said he got caught up with something, essentially. I think he's okay. I hope he's okay. Um, it sounded like he just sort of got caught up at work or something. you got to remember as well, of course, um, for those of you that don't know, obviously, Robert is in a different time zone to me, uh, so he is behind me in the time zone so because uh, I think it's the case that he finishes work and um, comes home after and does this with with me so yeah no Robert this week unfortunately uh, hopefully he'll be back next week uh, and we can continue doing the show the reason we weren't here at all last week um, there was just lots of because you know we tried to come up with show notes and things or we at least me I jot things down and uh you know, it, it either reminds me to talk about something or I write a more longer news thing in, in, in the notes. And of course, one of the things with this podcast, as opposed to all of the others, really, um, is it's very dependent on news. Uh, yeah, we could talk for at length about what we've been playing. But the problem with that is if there is a week where we haven't been playing much, which was me last week. Uh, then there really isn't going to be anything for our actual podcast. And there was things like... Spider-Man had gone gold, Division 3 had been announced, and I was like, I'm just not sure what the main thing's going to be that we that we talk about. Uh, and then I went to make some, so we, we didn't really have anything. Um, or at least, like, because the difference is with at least how I approach this podcast. If there's news from franchises that I don't follow or don't really have an opinion of, let's say, like, Destiny or... Um, what's something else? Why can't I think of anything else? Something like Just Cause, or, um, what's like an online game, like Diablo 4. Like, we could talk about how well Diablo 4 is done, for example, but if it's like, oh, a new season of Diablo, I have no idea what's going on in that game. So, so sometimes it's just the case that, and it's, it's rarely happened, sometimes it's just the case that the news week just isn't in your favour, and we also hadn't been playing, well, I hadn't been playing very much. I was like, I think we'll have to skip this week because I, I literally don't know what to put in the show notes. Uh, and it's, it's disappointing when um, when that happens. Um, uh, speaking of updates and news and stuff, uh, we haven't done this for a long time, actually. I can't remember when we last did. And I think at some point we, we've we, there's been a version of this podcast recorded on each day of the week. We've done Saturday shows, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We haven't changed the day for a long time. Of when we record and upload. Of course, for me, it's Friday nights for, for Robert afternoon uh, when he gets home from work and stuff. Uh, we're going to change the day to Thursday. I thought about this for the last couple of weeks, actually, probably a bit longer than that. And I just, because sometimes I notice, because the way I'm doing shows and stuff at times, I like to try to balance out when am I watching things, when am I playing things. When do I need to get notes ready? And when when are we recording stuff? And rather than having... Because we tend to have busy the busiest time from Wednesday to Sunday, depending on when football is. Um, and I just found that... Because sometimes if, if our shows are spread out across multiple days, I just find that to be a bit more mentally tiring than if we do lots on one day. So I'm going to try it. We're going to try to record on Thursday... Because my idea at the moment, 
um, is it was sort of I'd finish work on a Friday and I'd get home and I'd be like, oh, we got that just that one more podcast before the weekend, which was gaming talk. And it's not that, that was a bad idea. I just want to try for a little bit of time. We've got two more Breaking Bad podcasts left to do and uh, Gen V has just started. Those are on Thursdays, but the difference for me is going to be okay. Next two weeks is Gaming Talk, Gen V, which is late at, late at night, and then Breaking Bad during the day. So it's a bit more spread out. But what I want to try doing is basically moving Gaming Talk backwards so that when I've done the podcast for Gen V, I've got that clear Friday and then there's either football or cinema or whatever at the weekend. That's how I want to try to rebalance it. Because our Mondays and Tuesdays are a little bit empty. Just remember though, if, if as always, if there's days where we don't post stuff, I'm usually watching or playing something that I'm going to do a podcast on or at least talk about. Uh, depends on what it is at some point. So there is always something entertainment talk going on every day. It just depends on what it is. Some days it's just as simple as making some notes or making a draft for a show or whatever. So anyway, that's kind of that explains a little bit. So I know it might over the next two weeks, like, okay, three podcasts on the Thursday, nothing on the Friday. I just want to see how that works for me. But that would only be for the next two weeks because once our, <clears throat> once our Breaking Bad podcast finishes in two weeks' time, um, that will clear that off and then we'll just have um uh, well by the time that happens anyway we won't have many gen v episodes left so i think it will work out pretty well i think it will work out well we'll we'll see anyway this is like one of the few shows we can actually move to any day of the week anyway so but just to let you know we we intend on recording on thursdays from now on uh so there's that uh to what i'm playing i am playing quite a lot uh at the moment um, I'm playing both Lies of P and Starfield. I don't usually like to play more than one story game at once, but I, I have sampled both games. And my opinion on these two games are very, very different. Which one do I want to start talking about first? Starfield, I suppose. I've, I've not talked a lot about it, and it's been out for a while. Lies of P I did talk about a bit on Geek Town this week, so you might have heard that. I... I'm looking at Starfield, and I was playing it yesterday, and I put about another two hours, and I've played about three hours of Starfield, which I know isn't a lot, but is a good enough sample size of an indicator as to, as to the quality itself of the game. I can see this being another cyberpunk No Man's... not No Man's Scaped. What, what, what? <laughs> no Man's Sky... <clears throat> um, type of game where I think if this gets updated over the next two to three years it'll be better than what it is. There were quite a lot of things, quality of life issues, frame rate issues, loading screens. I don't think this game is living up to, at least from my experience, of course you might be playing Starfield and really really enjoy it, plus you might also be playing it on a PC and be enjoying it probably even more. I, I came across a lot of issues. Um, right, let me let me just start n naming some stuff. Gunplay, loading screens, frame rates, movement, general navigation, companion getting in my way, um, the game not quite telling you what you should do in enough different situations. Um, and look, I, I know I've not spelt, spoken well of Bethesda in the last two to three years, and 
there would be no reason for me to open up Starfield and think, oh, I hope this is going to be bad so I can talk shit about it on the podcast. That that would just be a waste of a waste of time. There's things that I might go to watch and play that I might think are gonna be not great, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But if you heard about the way I particularly was talking about Starfield in the two to three weeks before launch, I was saying like 19 Metacritic score. I think this really could be quite something, and I can see a version of that game existing within this game. It just isn't that. And I know I'm very early in the game. I can just tell that it's not quite that game that I thought it was going to be. I don't think it's... Well, I was going to say I don't think it's terrible. I think certain parts of this game are terrible. Overall, I think it's serviceable to okay. I don't think it's great. There's some stuff in there that I think has got a lot of promise. And there's some stuff that I think needs needs drastic changes. Now, I was listening to the uh, What's Good Games podcast recently. You may have heard that with uh, Andrea, Rihanna, and uh, Brittany. And I was was a little bit behind on their podcast, so I was catching up on them. And I got to their Starfield review. And they kept going on quite a lot about the encumbrance system, which is an outdated thing that's still in Bethesda games. I also watched, uh, I think, Jim Stephanie Sterling's video and they were talking about the encumbrance system and through both of those experiences i thought nah it can't be that bad it can't be that bad surely Uh, yeah it is (laughs) it's really bad um yeah it's it's extra not just it's bad i think it's extremely irritating the encumbrance system on this game i was going through this um i was with the character sarah and I was going on this space mission. I can't remember what we were doing. We were trying to pick something up. And we came across a bunch of enemies. Now I'm killing these enemies slowly. The gunplay is not very good. If I'm being kind. If I'm being horrible it's... Bad. Uh, some of the guns were a bit different. But um, I'm wondering where that gunplay went from that presentation that we saw. Because that was not the same. That was not the same at all. Um... And I'm going through this ship, and I'm shooting them, and I'm having a half-decent time. And I think, okay, I'm running out of ammo, so I'm going to go and loot these enemies. The problem is, because I'm in a panicked state of, like, oh, these enemies are shooting me from two sides, I'm just going to pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. And then I cleared an area of enemies, and I start running down the other side. So So I did that. And then I'm noticing, like, oh, in the bottom left, I'm getting this red thing on my O2 meter. And I'm like, what's... And to be honest, when I went into play yesterday, I'd forgotten it had, like, an encumbrance system. Um, And then I started remembering what all the people I listened to were talking about with it. It's really bad. I felt like I'd hardly picked up anything. That's that's the thing. I, I wasn't even actively scavenging for stuff. I was just trying to pick up ammo and guns. And somehow through that, I ended up with like 35, 40 guns. I didn't realize I'd picked up that many guns. And my mass of the weight was 150, and I had 193. And then there was just other stuff that just kept happening. Like I tried to do this stealth pickup space mission where you have to connect to this radio and then fly off. And the game like didn't tell me certain stuff and... There was like three occasions where I was like, okay, I'm in space. Which planet do I need to fly towards? I'm like, okay, it's that one over there. And I'll start flying. And I can't remember if the game told me this, but I don't think it did. 
um, just a bit of a note to anybody playing this game. If you press A, it cycles through the things that you can select on. So I'm sitting there, like, flying towards this objective, this, this planet, seemingly. I'm like, oh, I'm not getting any closer. Things behind me were getting further away, like there was different planets that were further away, so I was moving. And I start, like, pressing different buttons just, just to see what was going on. I press A... And then I happened to click on the planet I was trying to get to, and it was like, oh, if you press an old X, you can now just instantly travel to it. I'm like, okay, well, why did I just... The, the thing is with that, though, if if I've set a course, like, I've looked at my mission log, oh, you've got to fly to this planet, okay, set a course, I think it's X, you set a course, and it tells you the objective. So why am I, why am I having to click on that and then when I try to fly towards the marker it's not automatically clicked on it anyway because I've literally clicked on it because I've marked it because I'm traveling towards it so why is my marker then clicked on seemingly something else that I'm nowhere near and not marking um I, d I don't understand that it happened like two or three times so before I realized that oh if you cycle through your things you can uh basically space travel towards towards this thing and I tell you what in the first hour of the game when you've got that robot companion with you it would not get out of my way and it kept going hey if humans get harmed in the event of battle it could lead to death and it's like what why is this dialogue here right now um I'm I'm, I'm like trying to get used to this gunplay and shoot people and I took cover in this room and like, because it's this big clunky robot with these big legs and it walked in after me and like just sat in front of me and I couldn't get out of the room until I awkwardly jumped out of the way. It's like, what? why are these things a, a, a problem in this game? And I thought, oh, well, maybe I can like, because it's giving you, it gives you a talk option. Maybe I can talk to it and tell it to like, give it like a follow or a go. You know, like when you have like companions in games and you can say, hey, attack that enemy or stop or follow or something and nothing came up although when i clicked on sarah to chat to her at one point it came up with like please wait here so i'm confused as to why it wasn't an option for the other one like surely com companion command should be just just there but anyway i haven't had a very good time i i'm not like done done with the game but i'm enjoying lies of p a lot so i'm just going to continue with that for now um, I found the dream home thing that you can get. I worked out how to uh, do some stuff in there, so I've ju I've just left it there for now. I've just left it there for now. But um, do I like this game? No, I can't tell you that I like this game. Um, how good do I think it is on like a one to ten scale? F a, a, a three to four in its bad moments, and a five or a six in its good moments. That's that's what I would say. And hey, I was wanting this to be a nine. 10 out of 10 type game, I thought this was going to be the one for Bethesda. And look, it's not done horribly. It's done better than their, their previous set of games. So it, it's it's a bit of a comeback for Bethesda, but not quite the triumphant one that we were maybe all sort of looking for. At least that's what I've seen and that's my perspective. But that encumbrance system, like, what the hell? Why? Why Why is that? Like, a th I don't know. It's just, it's, it's annoying. So... Anyway, Lies of P, um, very much enjoying this game. I, however, was stuck on the Flame... Is it the Flame King? I can't remember the name of the enemy. 
for like two to three days let's say two and a half days and i kept persisting and looking up different tactics that that was the boss that i'd gotten stuck on i have finally beaten the thing um it was the flames the flames that kept getting me caught out basically you have this like overburn thing or something you get caught and it just kills you uh, it's very, very tough, but I'm glad I persisted with it. I did, I did have to take a little break. <laughs> I basically took a break after I defeated it, and then went to try some, went to, went to sa sample some more Starfield. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, in terms of like video game language, so like how the game tells you how to do certain stuff, it doesn't tell you everything, everything, but it does tell you enough stuff. Um... But what else do I want to say about Lies of P? Uh, it's basically this like dark Pinocchio story where um, puppets have been created to help humans, uh, and then they went bad. It's a little bit of a Westworld story, apart from there's there's no park that you visit. This is just uh, like Victorian London sort of settings, and um, what's it called? Yeah, puppets went bad. They started killing everybody. There's basically killed most of civilization. There's humans around. Um, but and it's up to you. You're you're the magical special. Well, this butterfly helps you. Um, I think it's called Gemini or something. It comes to help you. You're apparently the special puppet that's got to save the day. So the story is intriguing so far. And there's some really good world building going on. There's some great visual storytelling as well. Uh, a little bit like how Last of Us Two uh, does its sort of visual storytelling. Not as good, but um, still very very good. But hey, if I'm if I'm talking about a game that I like, can I bring up Last of Us Part Two? That is a very, very good sign. So, uh, take the credit for that, I suppose. Um, combat's good. It, it feels much more... Like Demon Souls was pretty approachable. Sekiro could be at times. Um, it's the furthest I've gotten in a Soulsborne-like game. <clears throat> I don't know if it's a strictly a Soulsborne, though, because although it's from a different team, it's not from, from software, uh, it is made up of what I believe is uh, Veteran X devs from from software so it technically is it's just a different studio name but this is by far the furthest i've gotten in one of these games for reference i well i defeated the flame king person um and i thought that was going to be the end of chapter three but there's like a little bit else of that i think there's 11 chapters so we'll see how far i can get but i don't want to give up i don't want to give up it's very it, believe me it's very 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 tempting when you get killed multiple times by the same enemy of like i don't know if i can get through it kind of thing which is a bit sad but still we'll see how all that goes uh anyway that's what i've been playing and stuff um going forward um what was i going to say uh what one of the more immediate reasons i've made the change to thursday and uh, not just because of the podcast weekly layout i suppose um but also and uh, so next week i believe on thursday i think it's the fifth on thursday of October, they've got the Call of Duty next. I hope that that happens before we record. We'll see how it happens. And then from Friday to Sunday, both next weekend and the weekend after, is the Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 beta. So that's another one of the reasons I moved it uh, next week. Although I had that in mind to do that anyway. So see how it all goes. Anyway, that's what I've been uh, playing and stuff. We have some very interesting news to get to. But before we get to that, let's get some housekeeping. And then we'll... Crack on from now, I suppose. See you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K. 
UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. <clears throat> All right, so recently on Entertainment Talk, you may have heard myself and David talk about Gen V. He has seen the good few first episodes. Uh, I obviously saw episodes one to three, which are out right now on Prime Video, and that's the start of the Diabolical 7 podcast. Well, not the start of that. The start of Gen V, which is a spin-off of The Boys. It is very, very related and very, very connected to it. It does very specifically take place in the same world. Um, but you, yeah, you could probably start watching it if you haven't seen The Boys, but I'd recommend both shows anyway. They're very, very, very similar tonally and whatnot. You've just got a different set of characters and a different story. That's on the Diabolical 7 podcast. That's on Thursdays from now on. Um, it's just that it had three episodes and I couldn't cram that all in last night because otherwise I would have been up very, very, very late. Um, but that podcast is out now and you can listen to my thoughts on episodes one to three of season one. Uh, over on the Becoming Heisenberg podcast, we've covered, uh, what's it called, up to season 11, not season 11, season 3, episode 11, we've got two episodes left of the season, and then we'll probably come back with that maybe next year, see how things go. Uh, we do intend on coming back, we just need to plan it around other season releases, so we'll see with that one. 
Uh, film reviews this week. I did a strong must-see review rating review for uh, No One Will Save You. It's uh, Caitlin Dever, um, who was in Unbelievable, Netflix's best show. Um, she is in a home invasion thriller horror type film. It's on Disney Plus in the UK, wherever you can get that. And it's on Hulu, wherever you can also get that. I thoroughly enjoyed that film. Um, but it's not, uh, not a straightforward film. It's not a straightforward film. It is kind of those sort of, you might get it or you might not. And I felt like I got it, at least in my, um perception or whatever so anyway there's that uh over in the united cast back to winning ways against crystal palace we began our defense of the carabao cup which we won last season uh, with a 3-0 win a very 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 good 3-0 win uh, we really played really really well in that game uh, against crystal palace we do play them again tomorrow not in the carabao cup they're not in it anymore in the premier league and then we continue our champions league um campaign on tuesday next week so uh that's over on the united cast uh, also, we did beat Burnley 1-0. It was a bit of a scrappy win, but you get what you can get sometimes in football. 1-0 uh, win away against Burnley in the Premier League, so that was good. Uh, also got our 4-3 th- away defeat against Bayern. Very kind of unlucky game and stuff, uh, but that was in the Champions League. Uh, gaming talk from a couple of weeks ago, we did talk about that Baby Steps game because we talked about the uh, PlayStation, not Access, the PlayStation uh, Showcase thing, not Showcase, State of Play, get it right. State of Play, uh, they showed some some Tomb Raider stuff as well in the Nintendo Direct, and we talked a bit about Spider-Man 2. Uh, and that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on the podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Um, let's start off with the big headline, actually, from yesterday. Jim Ryan, who is the current CEO of uh, PlayStation itself, uh, is stepping down, but is uh, retiring, retiring rather, in March of 2024. Um, pretty big news, this. We've not often, because we've been doing this podcast since, well, since 2016, um... I mean, when you consider, like, big, big, big game news, talk about new console releases, obviously we've seen one new generation come in since then, obviously the arrival of the Switch as well in 2017. Uh, Phil Spencer, I believe, came became the uh, CEO of Xbox during that time as well. Obviously we've seen um, Reggie retire, uh, I think it's retired, or step down and uh, Doug Bowser step in there. Um, and we, of course, did have um, Sean Layden uh, previously as the uh, CEO of PlayStation. So we, we've witnessed a few big, a few of these sort of big, you know, changes at the top. Obviously, hopefully, hopefully Bobby Kotich sooner rather than later as well um, from the Activision side. Uh, but Jim Ryan, yes, is stepping down as PlayStation CEO. He's retiring in 2024. Uh, so the changes are going to happen from... Uh, I, I read something about, like, somebody who knew will be hired from... Uh, April 2024 going onwards. I don't know why this is in March 2024. Maybe that's when his contract ends or something, or that's just when he's choosing to uh, to, to retire. I did see one sort of quote from him, actually, that he got a bit tired of travel, which I found to be a curious kind of statement. 
So what do I think of Jim Ryan? What do I think of his reign of, of PlayStation? It's gone on a, a while. Um, obviously, he's only been the CEO for... Let's see. Uh, Sean Maiden was there in 2017, because I remember him going on stage announcing the Crash remasters. I can't remember the exact, the exact year that Jim Ryan took over, but it's not been years and years. It's been like a few years, but he was at obviously PlayStation before that. Um, I think he's done a very good job. I've got no ill will against him. I know that's something I say a lot. I just like to be clear and stuff. Unlike with Phil Spencer, though, Jim Ryan doesn't strike me as a gamer. He does strike me a little bit more as a businessman. But one of the he seems like a very very nice guy. That, that me me saying that doesn't mean I think he's a bad person or something. Um, I think when it just comes to particularly with game studios, you you need to be a bit more of a. He probably plays video games. Obviously, he just doesn't strike me as much as a video game guy as much as Phil Spencer does. Um. In the last, let's say, two to three years, maybe, um, let's say post, like, Last of Us 2. Uh, so that would be, like, after God of War, after Spider-Man, after, like, Uncharted 4 and all that. Obviously, we had um, uh, Last of Us 1 remake. We had, obviously, Ragnarok, which was pretty good. Not one of my favorites ever, but Ragnarok was good. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which was around that sort of same type, type of era. I've just noticed a bit of, like, PlayStation still got, in my opinion, the best IP when it comes to exclusives. Um, but that's, you could put that more down to personal preference. This live service angle that Sony's tried to do over the last two years or so, and seemingly where that's going, with things like Destruction All-Stars and Foam, sorry, Destruction all was it called All-Stars or Derby? Um, no, I'm thinking of Destruction Derby. Destruction All-Stars, things like um, like Foam Stars and like th- these other live service games that have been talked about. And I think I said this two weeks ago. When it comes to Sony's bread and butter, apart from films, obviously, what is, what is PlayStation best at doing? What have they been best at doing for 10 plus years? High quality, AAA single player exclusive games you think you know uncharted last of us god of war horizon um and all the others that i can't think of right now spider-man obviously um ratchet and clank um what was the other series i was just thinking of just then um things like that anyway that those sorts of games and I've seen a few news bits over the last couple of years that like Sony's more in Sony's trying to get interested in mobile games and live service games, and I think that could be a bad direction for Sony. And I'm not sure. Obviously, you know, I'm talking about Jim Ryan, who's who's at the head of the table here. I don't know that that was leaning into the best direction for for PlayStation. I mean, th- let's look at this year and last year. Final Fantasy 16. Obviously, they don't own Square Enix. Um, you're going to have Spider-Man in a couple of months, and you had Forspoken, was that an exclusive? I don't think that was on Xbox, was it? Um, Forspoken, which I, I, I've said before that I love, you can laugh all you want at that, but that's obviously my opinion. So basically this year we've had one AAA exclusive. Now I think when it comes to Nintendo, PlayStation and Xbox, PC's a different thing. Three per year. 
It doesn't matter how much you spread them out. Obviously, you've got Q1, 2, 3, and 4. So you've got four quarters. Let's have three big games coming out. Uh, you could say from Xbox, you could then have Starfield this year. Obviously, they've been a bit slow in the last couple of years as well. But that's because they've been acquiring studios and whatnot. Um, so like next year for Xbox could be, let's say, Fable. It could be Forza or something. And it could be... Not Halo. What's that other game called? Hell, Hellblade, um, which I'm very much looking forward to. If we look at this year and last year, particularly for Sony, let's focus on those two. Obviously, Ragnarok was very big. You had... Uh, when was for for Forbidden West? That was last year as well. And you had Last of Us Part 1. Now, Part 1 is... See, see, see Part 1 is a remake. For Spoken and Final Fantasy 16 were more third-party exclusives. I'm talking like first party stuff from Sony and when we last had that it was kind of Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us 2 and whatever other game came out that year. Um, might have been Days Gone or something. I just, I, I want Sony to be, and I know it's a lot of development and game development isn't easy and you you can very easily slip a game from October to March, you know, a little, a little sick month delay or something for a game. I just want Sony to get a bit more back on track. You know, and I, I don't know, and this is no disrespect to Jim Ryan, I think it's maybe time for somebody else to take the lead to do that. Because I do feel like Sean Layden was doing a better job of that. Because if we think from 2017, 18, 19, 20, those were some like pretty golden years for PlayStation. Um, and I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to get back to, within the last, so within the last six years, I prefer to get to the, to the latter, the former three rather than the nearest three if that makes sense um because you you got okay they've acquired bungie got the destiny stuff going on they've got ghost of Tsushima 2 probably in the works we don't know what naughty dog's up to is it part three is it factions is it new ip what what is it or are they doing jack and daxter or what what's going on there and i i've seen some comments over the last few months of like oh insomniac's really kind of carrying sony in terms of volume, yes, but vo volume and consistency at the moment. Obviously, I, I mean, I love Insomniac anyway, but Naughty Dog, I th Naughty Dog is still, I think, Sony's most important studio because they've got Uncharted and Last of Us, which, in my opinion, are two Sony's two biggest IP. Obviously, Sp Spider Man's huge, but Spider Man, Spider Man's not a video game IP. Spider Man is an everything IP. Spider Man's been in everything. Uh, obviously, Spider Man is very important to Sony itself anyway because of films and games and stuff. But you're talking, if you look at Insomniac, you're talking Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Spider-Man 2. That's four games. That That's quite the the volume. Um, oh yeah, and Ratchet and Clank as well. The, the sort of re... the, the return of, of, of that game. So that's, yeah, two, 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 three Spider-Man games, Ratchet and Clank, and Wolverine's coming up. Uh, it's, it's quite a few, it's quite a volume of games. I just, um, I don't think they're in any sort of crisis, but I think they, I think they can do better than they currently are because they have recently done better. And I just think there's been a with this like oh live service game thing and doing games like Foam Stars and uh, and whatever. Um, and e even in the in the last <clears throat> say eighteen months or so, let's say with the last showcase and the last couple of. Uh, state of plays spider-man's been a big focus we haven't really had those 
big announcements. Those big, big announcements. Like Wolverine, when was that announced? Two years ago. We've had uh, Path of the Ronin. That was announced a, a while ago. Um, I just think it's time for Sony to get back on track a little bit in terms of first-party development. Now, that could be down to the development teams. Obviously, Jim Ryan's there to guide them. Um, so who do I think should take over from Jim Ryan? I, I didn't initially have an answer, but a lot of people suggested Shuhei Yoshida, who I think is the head of the indie side over there. He's somebody who I could definitively point to and say, he loves games, I, love the, I like the way he talks about... Sometimes it's not just about games that they play, but how do they talk about games? And when I hear people like him and Phil Spencer and a few others talk about games... It feels like they just get it a bit more. And I, although I think Jim Ryan wasn't completely off base with that, I never felt like he was quite as strong as some of the others. Um, I don't know, like, what Shihei Yoshida would, would think of that or what his position is within the company. I would be curious to see how that would go. Obviously, he's embedded in the PlayStation family anyway. He'd just be getting a promotion, of course. But I've heard him talk about games, and sometimes you just hear someone talk about something, and you think you you do well in 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 charge of this department, not just being a part of it, but in charge of it. So he's one name I'd throw out. I would have said Sean Layden. Obviously, he went off to Tencent to do whatever he's doing over there. Um, so that that was kind of disappointing. But I liked where he was taking PlayStation. Other people, I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, Shuhei is, is one of the names that I saw that I think would be a, a good suggestion. So, there's that. Anyway, best of luck to Jim. Have a good retirement and all that. Um, I still think he's, he's done incredibly well. And uh, we'll see what happens next, I suppose. But um, that isn't going to be for a good few months yet. March 2024 is roughly six or so months away. I'm not going to sit here and count. But uh, best of luck to you, Jim. And I hope you have a nice retirement. Um, switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk about. I do have only two news pieces today, and then we have uh, two emails, so we will continue going here. Let's talk about FIFA for a minute. It's been a few interesting changes, and we do also have an email about FIFA, so I will transition to that after I talk about this. It says they hit soccer. No, it's football. A uh, video game adds mixed gender teams um, and sheds the FIFA name. Obviously, we knew that a while ago. This is, of course, the new version of quote-unquote FIFA, but it's called EAFC 24. Surprise, surprise, spoilers. Um, everybody's calling it FIFA 24. All of the different football people I listen to, um, people that have streamed the game, people that have talked about the game, are just still calling it FIFA 24. <laughs> Um, I don't think e EAFC is the most creative of names either. I don't know how much time they had to come up with that or whatever, but, um, like Pro Evolution Soccer, even though it's called football, is a cool name. Obviously, his nickname was Pez, although that's eFootball now. Um, by the way, just a quick little side note tangent. I played the demo of eFootball 24. Uh, it, it, it's a decent game in terms of mechanics. You can only play as either Man United or Arsenal if you do the kickoff mode or the exhibition mode. It's clearly got like an ultimate team clone thing. I have a question though. Where is the rest of the game? There is no tournaments. There is no customization. There is no career mode. There is no 
seasons there's no there's no anything on it you can do basically an, a practice exhibition um exhibition uh match uh you can only choose between um i think you can only choose between no i picked man united and arsenal i think it was i played as man united obviously uh up to date teams was was cool like Kobe Mayno and all those sorts of recent players but and i was kind of like oh the gameplay here is pretty decent the game was free I would consider paying for it if it had other stuff on it. But you cannot do a career mode. You cannot do a player career mode. You cannot do anything. Where's the rest of the game? Um, if, if you want to see for yourself, it's free. Go and download the... It's very, it basically, it feels like a demo. It does feel like an actual demo. Like You know when you get the demo each year for FIFA or something, and it's got like six teams and a kickoff mode, and you can practice in the like arena and stuff. That's what it is, but it's got like a paid version of it, which has got more of the cards and stuff. But I'm not clicking on any of that, and I'm not going to certainly buy any cards or anything. But why can't you? What happened to the, like the game is known for its master league? Where where is that? Like where is anything else on the game? But anyway, that's um that's Konami for you. Um, I suppose maybe they saw the success of Ultimate Team and thought, Do you know what? We don't need to make the rest of the game. Let's make the game free to play to get people in and just have a makeshift ultimate team thing in because people will just buy those cards and stuff. So we don't have to bother putting in like, oh, what new features for Master League are we going to have? This is not its not even on the game. <laughs> um, anyway, going back to FIFA uh, or FC24, EASC24. Uh, yeah, mixed gender teams. Now, you might be wondering how this works, which I was wondering at first as well. I do not have this game, by the way. I'm still playing uh, FIFA 22 because I've not finished my career mode on there yet. Uh, the blockbuster football video game franchise from Electronic Arts, no longer linked to FIFA, will allow mixed gender lineups. It says in fantasy and then it cuts off there. So this is kind of a creative idea. I have to give EA a little bit of credit. I didn't think I'd say that anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, yes, the game's got some issues on it still, and it still isn't the sort of FIFA game that it should be. So how this works, basically, because you might be thinking, okay, if I do a career mode as Man United or something, does that mean I can have, like, Lauren Hemp or uh, Paris from Man United and have them play with Rashford or Bruno Fernandes? No, it, does, it doesn't work like that. You can't do it in career mode. So on Ultimate Team, you can get, like... You can have like Sam Kerr and Mbappe up front, or you can have Paris and let me think another Haaland up front, or you can have Chloe Kelly in the team and um, I don't know Sofri and Amrabat or something. And it's it's a very interesting way of, of of doing it. This is it's probably one of the most creative decisions FIFA slash EA have made for years. Honestly, maybe ever since. The last thing they did, which was as drastic as this, uh, other than Ultimate Team, was probably allowing you to play as the goalkeeper in certain games, which of course has like a completely different control scheme. Control scheme, and that I think was before Ultimate Team. Remember, Ultimate Team I think started in 2011. We're now in 2023. It was either 2010 or 2011 or something. Um. I remember when they introduced that. This is when I still used to buy game magazines and stuff. And they were like, I remember like this splash thing on the on, on the this big advertisement on the um, 
uh, can't remember what game, might have been Game Informer or something like that. It's like, you can play as a goalkeeper in FIFA, something, something. I think I was still at high school, so you're talking between 2005 or six. when did I start that, till 2011. And I think that was before Ultimate Team was in the game, I think. Uh, remember, it's still essentially the same series, it's just got a different name. So you're talking quite a few years of terms of, okay, Ultimate Team and playing as a goalkeeper, what have they done since then that's been like innovative or new? This, really, because it's not much else has really been added to, to, to the game since then. Uh, the game probably has got too many game modes, but whatever. Um, this, I think, is very, very cool. I'm I'm curious to see what this looks like. And also... Um, see, some people might be thinking like, oh, but the, the, the women physically aren't as strong as the men. I think that's a load of rubbish anyway. There's probably, there's, in fact, not even probably, there's definitely women that are um, stronger than me out there, I, I would say. Because I, I've seen this, and this gets into some trans conversations that I won't fully delve into in terms of what's going on with sports at the moment. Of like, oh, if you have a trans woman in a sport, or a woman uh, or something like that in a sport, um, a biological man is definitively stronger than a biological woman. And it's like, I, I, I do not think that is true whatsoever. Um, so by default, that must mean then that every single man in the world is automatically stronger than every single woman. That is absolutely not true whatsoever. Um, yeah, I think that's a load of rubbish. Um but I was just kind of wondering in terms of, obviously it's a game anyway, so in terms of like the physical attributes, you can, you know, make them, you can make them better by c continuously using a player. Because um, just going back to that for a second, like, if that's, if that's a, if you think that's a fact in terms of every single biological man is stronger than every single biological woman, so are you telling me that I'm stronger than like a UFC female fire? I am absolutely not. <laughs> I can guarantee you that, like, any woman that's not not even muscular, but a bit bigger than me, because there are women out there that are probably, or not even probably, are naturally, like, physically bigger than me, because people come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Um, yeah, that, that, I just don't, I, I don't understand that conversation. Um, I was like, oh, a trans woman shouldn't be competing in a woman's sport because they're a biological man. Therefore, they're automatically stronger than every single woman on that team. Uh, no, I, I, no, no. Um, also, it, also, if anybody gets into a rival team, whether they're trans or not, and you are concerned as to, oh, there's a new defender or midfielder or whatever on the team, I, I need to bulk up. If you're noticing that there's somebody new in a team and you think, oh, I'm not as strong as that person, trans or otherwise, then you should be trying to bulk up anyway, regardless of the person's original gender. Like, I don't understand that. But, um, yeah, be curious to see how this works. Like, if I saw, like, Sam Kerr shooting against Andre Onana or something, um, yeah. Um, obviously it's been very, very good in terms of the last, I said last couple of years in terms of being more inclusive with women's football. I mean, women's football has been around for years anyway. It's just never quite had the spotlight that it's got now. Um, I think largely thanks to last year's Euros win with the, it, with the, uh, Lionesses. 
um, which I think is very, very good. And they've they've had the women as an option in FIFA for I don't know three years or so now, two three years or so. That they added them initially as like kickoff tournament international teams that you could use, and then they had them as um, what can you do now? Well, this I suppose is is the next part. I wonder when you'll be able to do like a women's Man United career mode. Because um, the thing is, if you've already got, let's say, uh, Paris or who's another women's Man United player, um, the, the England goalkeeper, Hemp, I think is, is, is her name. Uh, she won like the Golden Glove and stuff. She's a very good goalkeeper. If you've already got that player in the game, you simply just switch their shirt for the Man United shirt. Um... So, yeah, be curious to see where, where what step this next takes. Um, but, yes, there should be more than, than there is in this game. But I think FIFA's taken some... I mean, heck, it's doing a hell of a lot more than what PES or eFootball is because eFootball is like a quarter of a game. Um, so, including this is very good. Of course, th- was it first time it was this year or was it last year? Where um, uh, Sam Kerr, who's a Chelsea player... Um, she was on... I remember seeing in the store the other day. The Xbox store. She was on like the Legendary cover. Edition of FIFA 23 I think it was. And now this year. For FC 24. I, I think it's Mbappe who's been on it for a while now. And Sam Kerr. I think it was both of those players. Which is very very cool. Um, so anyway. There we go. It's very very good stuff. I'm curious to see how it all works in that. And um, let's see what we can do next year, I suppose. Um, what's next here? Uh, yeah, that's all the news and stuff I've got. Uh, let's get to some emails and feedback. If you've got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, are you playing FC24? What are you actually calling it when, when, when you go to play it or mention it to somebody? Um, I mean, F- FC obviously stands for football club. You're just calling it football club 24. <laughs> um... Yeah, I wonder what they'll will it, will it just be EAFC twenty five twenty six now? Is that just what we're that's just what we're doing? I I suppose. By the way, in case some of you don't know, FIFA is trying to. I haven't heard about any any updates for a while. I have heard of two football games. I know football managers a thing as well. Two football games are in development. I don't know when they're supposed to come out. That are supposed to be rivals to two. FC24. One is supposed to be the actual new FIFA, but it's not developed by EA. It'd be curious to see with the licenses though, because obviously Pez has got like Manchester Red and all this sort of nonsense. Um they made a big deal of Juventus coming back in FIFA I think it was 23, I think it was, because they were called Piermont Salco or something like that, and they, they, they got the shirt rights back. I don't know if that's for this game or if that was for FIFA 23. I think that was for last year's game. Um, but if two different studios are making football games, I wonder how the licenses are going to be shared around. Because FC Twenty Four's got like the, f- I think they've got basically every team in the game. Um, certainly with like the big Premier League stuff and all that, like they've got the players' faces and proper names and stadiums and things. So because they they made a deal a while ago with, um, I remember that's that's the FA with the Premier League and stuff. That's not that's not FIFA. That's a a different thing. So. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's get some emails, some feedback, and whatnot. Uh, 
let us know all the different comments and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Uh, Matthew at Entertainment Talk.org, Twitter eTalk UK, and there's information in your show notes. Um, let's go to let's go to Harrison first. He's got the FIFA question. Uh, it says, "I'm seeing that FC24 is the same old, same old. What do you think could improve?" And says, "Put quote uh, FIFA." I said before, I, I so you've got the option if you click on the right stick to flick the ball up. You can do this when you're running with the ball. I think a jump button would be a good idea because the thing I find sometimes now your player, if if the opposition try and slide tackle you, your player sometimes will automatically jump over the defender, but sometimes they won't, and also. Usually that animation only happens if you've pushed the ball past them because they're trying to then avoid being fouled. It doesn't always work, of course. But if you could have... Let's say you're running down the wing and you've got the click-in right stick to flick the ball up. If you maybe click it in twice, you can flick the ball up and then jump. So regardless of where you are or the ball is, if a player is trying to tackle you or slide tackle you... You can then flick the ball over them, but also take the player with you by jumping over them. I've noticed sometimes as well on FIFA, because it's something I try to do, which is to, I sort of square up to a player, and I try and run to the right or left, and I try to flick the ball up as I'm going past them. Now sometimes what happens, and it's a bit of a cheeky animation thing, because I flick the ball up, but the player's not gone with the ball because they're still behind the defender, the defender then will sometimes just push my player back a little bit, and just get the ball back, and it's quite annoying. So if there's some way to like shift past them or something, or jump past them, that would be interesting and useful. You do have LT or L2 to put your foot on the ball. It's not quite as effective or useful as you'd want it to be. And when you're doing that command, you also haven't got that much option in terms of the direction that you're facing, or if you want to change... The foot you've got on the ball. So if you want to flick it to the left foot and then do something else or, or, or shift it to a different foot to pass it. You can't really do things like that. You can sort of stop the ball and then you just keep walking. But you can't put your foot on the ball and like dictate where you want to go next. You can't really do that. Um, and I haven't seen you being able to do that in FC24 either. What else could there be? I mean, on one of the old PES games, you're talking 2007, 10-ish. There was an option if you press L2 and R2 that you could dive. I guess that's a jump button. But it, it the, the problem is if you did it and the ref noticed you'd get booked. It was an interesting mechanic. I don't really know why they took it out. Um, I suppose the problem is with football games, and you, you do have a lot of buttons, right? You've got different types of shots that you can do, different types of crosses and passes and things like that. You're kind of running out of buttons to do certain things with. Because sometimes I'll watch a player in a real game do like a flick or move the ball in a certain way. And I'll think, I wish I could do that on FIFA. Because then I would practice in doing that same thing in the same way and try and do something with that. But um, you can't always do it. You can't you can't always quite do it. Also I think if you want to do something simple like a like a dummy or a step over like to try to trip the defender, which way am I going, left or right? I know that you can obviously hold L two and you can use the, the right stick. 
the way that's implemented again into the game has never quite been great because that's based on like if there's a trick that's from let's say you shift the analog stick left and then right if you're facing a different direction it has to be up and down which is as silly as it sounds um I mean, you can do all types of different tricks and stuff, but you've got to, like, learn them all and things like that. So that's something you, you could do. Uh, something else which somebody mentioned a while ago on YouTube video that I saw. So you do a 15-year career mode on these games, because basically if you're taking players that are sort of 18 to 20, you fast-forward 15 years, they'll be near enough 35, so they'll be nearly retiring. And obviously the game has to start generating fake players after a while. They never ever change. Obviously, you can get sacked in the game mode. Um, they never change. Like, let's say you started a FIFA career mode today, and you had Ten Hag at Man United, Pep at City, Eddie Howe at Newcastle. They never, regardless of how those teams do, they never ever ever change the managers. And I think that's a bit unrealistic. Um, because let me tell you, managers move all the time, managers get sacked all the time, and you get managers that come over from different leagues, um, and end up with, like, lots of different jobs and stuff, um, so that's something that they could do as well, uh, obviously you get players that move around, they get sold and bought by different teams, but managers, they've never moved them for some reason, um, and I get that you're not gonna have, it's not gonna be realistic to have, let's say, Roy Hodgson leads Palace and manage Man City. That's not that's not going to happen, um, or or vice versa. Really, like you wouldn't have Pep go over to Crystal Palace or something, um, or you wouldn't have, let's say, <clears throat> Eddie Howe go to Liverpool, for example. Uh, maybe you will in the future, but that that sort of thing. Because uh, obviously, you see them in animations. You see them at the end of the game when you get the little uh, manager handshake. Um, you see them on the sidelines when they go to do little signals and <laughs> things like that. So quite a few things. It's quite not 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 really in terms of like obviously you can always make the passing, the shooting, the crossing, the dribbling better and those sorts of things. But if you're talking about features and things that you could add to the game, there's quite a few different things that you could do that can make it more interesting at least. So um, there's that. And our last question is from Jack. It says I've seen you tweet and talk about COD. Yep, yeah, I have done quite a few times. What is your ideal way in, sorry, what is your ideal way to play and communicate? I like to I would love to play with a team. Now I've played with teams before, obviously I've played with I've played with dozens of people on Call of Duty over the years. Probably hundreds, if not thousands. I I'm still yet to find a proper tactical like because uh, usually I do the six v six game modes. Um so a list of things that have never happened people going off in pairs so if you have like because you have a you have a three corridor system for most maps you could have let's say somebody organizes i'm gonna have this weapon and you have this weapon we'll go down the left hand side you do this i'll do that there's been the odd time where i've um teamed up with a teammate where like one of us has got a riot shield and the other one's got a gun and let me tell you that works really really good because when the enemy comes up to you Okay, the other player's got the riot shield, they can't be shot, and this obviously isn't in front of them. The other player's the one that can be shot. Who do you think is the player that they always go for? It's always the one with the riot shield. They are the distraction. Um, heck, you could even do something where... Um, let's say your whole team goes down one way, but four of you have got riot shields, 
and the other two flank the other side. Because the other team's going to think, oh shit, they've got four riot shields. What the hell are we going to do? And they're going to get really, really distracted. Now, if you have a setup that's really, really quick and you run around the other side and flank them, that could be something that could be very good. Maybe not four riot shields, maybe like three each or something. But um, that's quite good. Um, also, just in terms of like, I'm going to sit here and snipe this area. Please watch my back. Um, or you put this thing next to the bomb and I'll put something else in this entrance so that that's guarded. There's your bit of communication of like, oh, I've seen somebody on the right hand side. Cool. <laughs> um, that's about as far as communication has sort of gone. Um, but you could do things like one teammate says, I'm going to throw a smoke grenade here. Somebody else with a night vision thing looks through it from the other side. And then you've got two people shooting from different directions through the smoke. You could do things like that. Um, you could have like one person each has got a role. So somebody is like the the medic. Now there's nothing wrong with being a, a heck. If you're playing a cyber attack game and you've got a medic and you've got somebody that's helping them. There's, there's, uh, usually it's sort of like, oh, you aren't going to get any kills, so you should be the medic. The medic is very useful in a game like that. Um, don't underestimate that sort of thing. Heck, if you've got, let's say you've got three pairs each, so two, two, and two. And one person is, actually, let's say you're going three, so three each. Let's say one person's the medic, one person's the riot shield, or something, and one person's the one that is going to, stand on the front lines a bit more and start shooting a bit more and let's say um one of the people gets shot and goes down that person could then cover that person with the right shield while the other one heals them so then you've got somebody who's being rezzed with a right shield in front of them uh while they pick up the other person but even, even if that's still happening, you'd think, okay, you'd go to shoot the person that's resing the person. Nope, they'd still go for the right shielder because they are the distraction. Now, I'm not advocating for, like, hey, everybody just shoots right shields because it can be very, very annoying. But it's very tactically interesting. Um, there's other things that you, you could definitely do. But some of the teams I've been with, it's like, hey, everybody just run off and do your own thing. If you get in trouble, just call for help. <laughs> Um, of like, oh, I ran into this room, there's three enemies, I got swarmed, I died. Hey, there's three enemies in this room, and because you've said there's so many enemies, everybody's a bit intimidated to go in there, and then you kind of just work from there. So, um, I don't know, there's, there's lots of different ways that you could play the game anyway, so, there you go. Um, but yeah, we'll see how Modern Warfare 3 goes next weekend, it'll be my stepping back into COD, I'm looking forward to doing that, uh, and seeing how all of that basically goes. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Anyway, in the next week, hopefully Robert will be back next week. Remember, it should be Thursdays that we're recording next week. We'll see how all that goes. Um, I'll be playing more Lies of P in the next week. Obviously, until next weekend's beta starts for COD. And then we'll see what goes on from there. I don't know what Robert's playing. Probably still Starfield. Because uh, everybody's, ba everybody's basically playing Baldur's Gate 3 or Starfield, aren't they? So, um... Uh, see how that goes as well. Um, Alright, that's everything at the moment. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this solo episode. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with another one. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, TV, games, films, main night podcasts. Uh, take out, look out for what we do 
over there. Um, you can also listen to, you can also support us by either listening to more episodes. You can uh, use word of mouth on social media, let other people know about our podcast and things. Um, and you can also use Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Look out for those as well if you'd like to. TV and film news over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio on Tuesdays. Look out for this week's episode <clears throat> for all the latest uh, news on different TV and film stuff. Bex over on Twitch, Trista BYTES for retro chat game and other streams. And she's also on other platforms as well. Just search for Trista BYTES. Me over on Twitch and eTalk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>